You're about to listen to a previously recorded podcast valued by Grill Junkies Everywhere. Enjoy. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome again to the Growth Junkies podcast. We are back at it in studio. Uh, Kent Del Husay sitting across from me. My name is Ben Bost. And uh, we're going to keep going, taking a journey uh, to become healthier and, and grow and bringing you various topics about that. Uh, on the last podcast, if you listened, we talked about our new book that was just released called Mega Life, How to Live Without Fear. And we uh, discussed the reasons for why we wrote it. Uh, talked about some of our fears that we face in life and and just a general overarching view of the topics that uh, are in there and uh, the importance of this today. Going forward, before we start going day by day through Mega Life, which has 18 days, we're trying to figure out why we chose 18 days. Because it's perfect, Ben. Well, I said it's because there's 18 holes in golf. Well, I think it's perfection right there. But also, who doesn't want to change in 18 days? It's faster than 21. I'd like to change in a day and a half. Okay, but you know, we've got to be realistic. True. You know, 21 is too many days. One and a half is too few. 18 is perfect. Well, and who says 21, this comes right from the yeah. habits are formed in 21 right. days. Like, right. I'm sure someone references a scientist somewhere who figured something out. Yeah. I think it's all... But what if it's 18? Baloney. 18 could be enough. You can change in 18 days. (laughs) And by the way, what is change anyway? But if you're dealing with fear, how do you work through your fear and change and develop and know how to carry it and handle it? Yeah. In this case, it's how to overcome it. Right. How do we overcome our fear? So what we're saying is in 18 days or 18 weeks, however you want to read this and work through it, we believe that you will have the tools to be able to overcome the fear you struggle with. Because fear, we mentioned this in the podcast, is a problem. Yeah. But we also mentioned some things that we want to probe a little deeper into. True. Because we acknowledged on the last episode that all fear is not bad. Yeah. So we want to go on record saying or stating that we are not against fear. Right. Kent and I are actually lovers of fear. We believe in fear. Yeah. Fear is important. It serves a purpose. Because the subtitle of the book could be misleading, how to live without fear, like saying you're supposed to spend the rest of your life never experiencing fear. Mm-hmm. Part of this, a very important part of this, is to know what what are we talking about? Right. And I know that in the last episode, we defined fear based on the dictionary, but we didn't drill down all the way. Maybe we glanced it with a reference, but the verb form of fear leads us in a different direction to help us really understand what is healthy fear, the, fu- the kind of fear that we could embrace and love and, and really enjoy, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could go that far, mm-hmm. to say that. But every person in life engages using healthy fear. Yeah. And when they do it appropriately, it benefits their life a great deal. So mm-hmm. we, out of the gate, we want to go on record saying we're not against fear, Like, don't say, well, these guys, they just think, you know, you should never have fear. But that's not the case. Yeah, it's important to say it's not even just what we're talking about. It's what we're not talking about. So when we say overcoming fear, we're talking about the unhealthy fear, which we will get into on the next episode. We will talk about what is unhealthy fear, what is the problem 
But on this one, we want to get into first and foremost, the fact that there's good fear and we don't need to overcome that. Yeah. And the crushing fear, the, the terrifying fear, uh, the, the fear that creates horror in a person or controls their life, mm-hmm. irrational fear, like those, that's the unhealthy bad fear that we're mm-hmm. talking about in the book. But we want to also help everyone to appreciate mm-hmm. that good, healthy fear benefits your life in some significant way. It doesn't way. just benefit, it saves your life. <laughs> There's truth to that, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, if you're going to live, not just live, but but you know, survive and thrive <laughs> in this life, you need to have healthy fear in your life. So, so one of these examples right now in my life is um, fear of my son's driving. Yeah, so Ben's son just started <laughs> driving, and I'm already scared. I got one, my oldest son, with a permit, and... Uh, I am learning to have great respect mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. for traffic, traffic signals, mm-hmm. uh, driving techniques, offensive driving, defensive driving, all of those things that you kind of learn and hear about mm-hmm. and whatever. But just being on the roads, because I don't know if you know this, driving is dangerous. You're driving a two ton bullet. <laughs> you really are. That thing is dangerous. And so you want your son. To have a healthy fear when he gets behind the wheel, uh, right? Yeah, but the way it's kind of going right, right now yeah. for me is I I did not expect to be as uh, antsy or concerned sitting in the passenger seat while my 15-year-old is driving Well, can I tell you why? A truck. <laughs> because he's a 15-year-old and he's driving a truck. Exactly. Like I, I, That's part of it for me is like I don't remember... Yeah. Like when I was learning to drive as a kid, I don't remember like being as concerned about it as yeah. I am right now. Well, I mean, I, I look at the kid now and you're like, I don't remember being that small. When I started driving, I felt like I was really mature, but, the, <laughs> but these guys seem really young to get behind the wheel. I, yeah. And so I'll tell you what, I have, I'll admit something here. <laughs> I have been hit three times by teenagers mm. in cars. One sideswiped me. One rear-ended me, and one even hit me in a parking lot. All teenagers. Here's the truth. Teenagers are sucky drivers. (laughs) They really are. It's the reason why insurance is so high for teenagers, especially teenage boys. There's there's a a healthy fear I have Mm -hmm. of teenage drivers. Why? Because they have a reputation for being careless, for not respecting the laws, for not looking out for other cars. There's something really terrifying about that. And so when I see a kid behind the wheel, you're going to see me speeding away quickly. <laughs> like I'm going to get behind them or in front of them. I'm going to move away because I have a fear of what they're going to do behind the wheel. Yeah. So the perception of this, like going into it as a dad with a kid with a permit, I was just really surprised at how astonished I am at the fact that we let such young people behind the wheel mm-hmm. of really powerful objects like these vehicles and then throw them in the middle of driving around other people who've been doing it forever. And you want to know why? Because parents are sick of driving their kids around for good, good, for goodness sake, man. I want my kid to drive himself. You, you taxi your kids forever and ever. And at some, <laughs> at some point you're like, you're weighing the fear of letting them drive a car 
with the freedom of having them drive a car. Yeah. Like it would be nice if they could, but I'm a little bit terrified about whether they can actually do this well. So when we describe like my son's 15 and a half, he'll be driving pretty soon himself. And I'm already kind of freaked out about what that's going to be like for me and whether he has the appropriate (laughs) amount of fear in his heart to really drive well. And so this gets at one of the healthy. I can't wait until (laughs) he's behind the wheel and we're having this conversation. Well, we're going to have this conversation again in a few months. But the, the bottom line is there is a healthy fear. And one of the forms of healthy fear is the fear of legitimate harm. Right. Like, this is the same kind of fear that motivates what we talked about in the last episode, the bear in the forest. If you see a bear in the forest, it is a healthy kind of fear, the fear of harm, the fear of being killed, being attacked, that causes you to turn around and back up and go someplace else. It causes you to want to survive. So the fear of harm can be actually... A great motivator, Ben. Mm-hmm. A motivator to take action. Well, it's um, motivating me right now to take action with my son to make sure. sure he's prepared. You'll get a kick out of this story, right? We come to a four-way stop, mm. and there's a vehicle coming from the other direction. There's only two approaching the stop, and then us. We pull up. They're directly across from us. And, you know, there's rules to this kind of thing. Yeah. Right? You Car to the right goes right, first. Car to the right, which would have been us because we were there. And this car pulls out in front of us and turns directly in front of us. No joke, kid's probably just got his license. Uh, of course. And my son's driving. Uh-oh. So I go, Joshua, see that yeah, right there? L- learn from his example, right? I looked at I looked at the kid and threw my arms up. He's oh. like, dude, you didn't learn what you needed to learn in driver's ed. Here's the, I want to go on record saying this, though, too, about driver's ed. Okay? The manuals are great. And I know that there's rules, and you get taught all this stuff in driver's ed. Mm-hmm. Love the fact they take them on the freeway, teach them what they need to know, whatever. And you'll realize this when you're going through it here soon, is like you read the rules and what you're taught, and then you get out there, and there's no rules. Mm. No one obeys those rules. It all goes out the window. Yeah, like who who do you know that stops You know, three car, three as far as they suggest you should right. Right. from the car in front of them? Right. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. And you, you realize that the rules are actually different when you start driving than what you were taught. For my son, who tends to be very literal, that can be super confusing because he gets out yeah. there and is like, no one's doing what I was taught. Yeah. And so I had to tell him, I'm like, here's the thing. Hmm. You're going to have to learn to do it the way it's done. See, if right? it was me, I would just show them crash videos all day long. <laughs> well, they do just that in driver's ed. Just to scare them. So they look at like, this is what happens when you don't drive safely. So I just want to instill, here it is, you ready for this? Yes. Fear, but a good, healthy fear of either being harmed or harming others. That is a good fear. You want your kid to get behind the wheel and be appropriately nervous to say, I realize I'm driving a two-ton weapon that could harm me and harm other people. I'm going to be vigilant and careful to obey the rules to drive respectfully. You want that attitude. So this is where fear serves a purpose. Right. It's a really good thing because if your son was like, hey, dad, you know who's the best driver in the world? Me. You know who doesn't need rules? <laughs> Me. I'm just All I got to do is get behind the wheel and push gas, and I'm good, man. Who cares? Oh. You would be freaked out if he had that attitude. Yeah. I was just – I was really caught by surprise. 
that I was as concerned. You, you would have got a kick out of it. One of the first <laughs> times we're in there, I have sunflower seeds in my mouth in a cup, and I'm spitting sunflower seeds into the cup like rapidly. You're choking on him. And he's driving, and I'm giving him instructions, and he's like, Dad, you okay? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm a little nervous. But I got my nervous thing going, eating yeah. my sunflower seeds. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, Ben, you got your truck. He Ben loves his truck, folks. I do like my truck. And he wants his truck to be intact. He doesn't want it to be bumped. So he's, he's a little nervous. But the point we're making here is that a good, healthy dose of fear serves a purpose. Mm. Now, too much fear, he's afraid to even start the car and even go anywhere. Yeah. You don't want him to be so controlled by fear that he can't do it. But you want him to have a healthy dose of it so that, number one, he stays safe. Yeah, he's protected. He yeah. doesn't harm himself or anyone else. Right. The healthy respect of the vehicle and other vehicles around you. It's all super appropriate. It is. So, so, so fear keeps us safe. It keeps other people safe. Fear keeps us alive. It keeps other people alive. Fear also, get this, it causes us to take action and be heroes. It's the fear when you drive by the house that's on fire. You know, this idea that there's a fear that is greater than another fear. Mm -hmm. So you might be afraid of going in that house and what it might do to you, but you have a greater fear of somebody losing their life. Mm -hmm. So the greater fear motivates you to take action and rescue somebody. Yeah. When you drive by a car accident, it's what caused you to stop and get out and, and render service and help as opposed to just keeping going. There's, a, there's actually a, a purpose for a healthy fear to drive you to take action. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Um, here's a bit of a fear. I have a fear of getting all fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> just totally like losing it. And so my fear gets me in the gym, Ben. It gets me to eat semi-healthy, to take action when I'm not feeling like really healthy. So I would say there's a little bit of healthy fear that motivates me to take action and make changes in well, my life. Well, to give some context, right? You've been to the doctor. Oh, yeah. Giving you reports. Haven't I talked things. about this? Yeah, it keeps you healthy. To, to maintain your weight at a certain level. So I, I went to the doctor, and here's what he's described. I went to the doctor, and I weighed in. And so I every year I do my annual checkup, and I never prepare myself mentally for it. <laughs> I go in there, and I forget that they, like, size you up. You get weighed. You get measured. And then they weigh you, and they do it in kilograms, so you don't really know, like, what it is. <laughs> Throws you off a bit. Throws you off. I'm like, oh, that looks so bad. Isn't the kilogram number to lower? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So you're like, oh, that's pretty good. I think I've done well this year. And then they say, well, actually in pounds, it's this. So I got in the room <laughs> and the doctor tells me what I weigh. And then they take your blood pressure. So you already feel like a total failure because your blood pressure is too high. At least mine was too high. Mm. And then my weight was too high. I had put on 10 pounds more than last year. Mm. I had no idea. I didn't know I had. I just had. So I get the, um, the, the look <laughs> from the doctor. Like, hey, so I'm looking at your numbers here. Not too good, son. <laughs> you need to make some changes in your life here. You know what the worst thing is? That's why I don't do an annual check. Oh, <laughs> I'm kind of getting becoming against it, honestly, because you go in there and they tell you, here's the optimal place you should be. Now, here's the, they look at, a, I'm six foot one, okay? I'm six foot one and I feel like 200 pounds is just right. Mm -hmm. But then they show you these scales and they say, actually somebody in your, in your height range and age should be more like 185, 190. I'm like, that's ridiculous. You'd be a skeleton. I'd be a skeleton. Yes. So I don't like that. But here's here's the takeaway. They take my blood pressure. They weigh me in. I get the evil eye from my doctor. I get, I get the lecture. 
you know, about how unhealthy I am and the changes I need to make. I get that for flossing when I go to the dentist. Well, so it, there you go. So, you know, what you walk away with a healthy fear by this time next year, I want to come back in a better position than I was in this year. So I'm going to make appropriate changes in my diet, in my exercise, maybe in the way that you care for your teeth because you want Mm -hmm. to do better. You know what that is? Healthy fear. Yeah. Healthy, healthy fear will motivate us, can motivate us, right? Not wanting to have a heart attack, not want your teeth to fall out. Exactly. Healthy fear. And healthy fear teaches us how to handle things. Mm -hmm. And so that is the real purpose of this particular podcast before we start going into the days of the book is to create some context for fear yeah, and make sure people understand that we're not entirely against no. it, that we're for it. And so when we want to bring definition to the word fear and what we're talking about today mm-hmm. really is the verb form of fear, mm-hmm. which is to uh, have reverential awe of, to look at fear and go, I probably should respect some things out of the fact that they could harm me. Well, fear does mean respect. Exactly. A healthy fear does. So it's not even just respecting that food will make you fat, you know, if you eat too much of it <laughs> and that not flossing your teeth will make your teeth fall out. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's actually this, like, this is something we learned when we we're like in, you know, elementary school. Sure. You learn to fear, i.e. respect authority. So that's another kind of healthy mm-hmm. fear. You're supposed to fear your teachers, not like be scared and run away from them. You know, but to have be, respect for but them. But to have respect. You're supposed to have respect for... Your parents. Your parents. You are supposed to give them respect and, and honor at home by doing what they tell you to do. You're supposed to have respect for your boss if you have a job. You like you need to have a healthy... That's a healthy fear. What about policemen and you know, law enforcement? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to respect authority. So this idea of fear being respect is healthy. Mm-hmm. And you show me somebody who has no respect for authority, I'll show you someone who's going to have a very short life mm-hmm. or a very short free life. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the ones in jail. They're going to be the ones who are never going to succeed. Right. If you don't learn healthy fear, even as a child, how to respect your parents, how to respect your teachers and authorities, mm-hmm. you're not going to succeed in this life. So another form of healthy fear is not just like avoiding harm. It's actually showing respect. Right. For authority. And and this 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 goes beyond even just our natural world. There's even this concept of fearing God mm-hmm. that comes up. Right. And, and if you look at the Bible and you look at you know how people conduct themselves in front of God, he even mandates and commands people to fear him. Yeah, because you look at the universe and it's a big thing. The it's cosmos. A big deal. You know, like Michael Strahan just did his whole rocket launch with what is it, Blue Origin rockets or something like that mm-hmm. that Jeff Bezos has created. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, actually, to see what they do. They launch them up into the atmosphere. They just kind of arc. You arc back through down. space, and then you, you're on the ground And they call themselves later. astronauts. That's not going you're to not space. You're not an astronaut. You're so, a space tourist. And it's funny that we're bringing this up because one of the first things I ever wanted to be as a kid, and this is not abnormal, I wanted to be an astronaut. Sure. And I had the planets on my ceiling. Mm-hmm. I had a space shuttle tent bed. Like I was enamored with the space shuttle mm-hmm. and space travel, all these things, because the universe is big. Yeah. It's there's a lot of unknown, but it's intriguing and beautiful and so many things. It right? is awe inspiring. Exactly. Yeah. Wonder. Respect. You should respect it. If you go into space, you better have respect for space or it'll kill you real fast. (laughs) Right? That's very true. Or a rocket. Like when years and years and years ago, I think it was what the the Challenger 
blew up, up during takeoff. Right. And I, I the catastrophe, and I just remember mm. people being so broken over that mm-hmm. because to travel to space was an amazing thing. Right. And watching people die, who like astronauts are heroes. NASA was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to have the right kind of honor and respect for things that deserve it. And one of the things that I see that's sad, to go back to something you mentioned, right? Having respect for authority, the right healthy type of fear of authority, mm-hmm. particularly parents. Mm-hmm. As parents, we need to earn the right for our kids to fear us in a healthy way. What's sad is when I see in homes where people and children are experiencing the other kind of fear. Yeah, the intimidating, scary kind of fear. Yeah, the unhealthy fear of a parent that they constantly think is going to harm them in some way. It's saddening It's not being afraid of your parents. It's respecting them by obeying them. That's healthy. Abusive parenting is unhealthy. Right. And we see a lot of that today, and it's unfortunate. Well, and that's it. The, the reality is what the, the healthy fear is when it's directed towards someone who's providing loving authority in your life, someone who cares about you, showing proper respect as deference to them, mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to heed your counsel. I'm going to obey what you say. Now, there's enforcement for you know in this culture. You disobey a policeman, you're going to pay a price, right? right? Yeah. The reality is you need to do what you're told. If you get a letter from the IRS, you kind of need to listen to it and respond to it. <laughs> that invokes a little bit of fear. Whenever it shows up, you're kind of like, what's in that envelope? Oh my gosh, whenever I get a letter and it says IRS, I'm like, I pee my pants. I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. You've ruined a lot of pants. Oh, I probably have. <laughs> they just get washed. But... Every time I'm, I'm always like, it induces certain fear. If you see the lights blinking or in the back of your window when you're driving, you're like, mm. that's that's scary. But the truth is there's a healthy respect you must have for that. A healthy respect for big things like the universe. What about the ocean? Well, yeah, that's what we want to now do is to drill down a little bit mm-hmm. in this area of how healthy fear, reverential awe helps us to know how to handle things. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you engage in as a growth junkie every day. Mm -hmm. You use fear all the time, whether you know it or not, because you are learning how to handle things out of reverential awe and respect. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is a great example. Growing up, I moved from Pennsylvania to Southern California when I was 10. Ocean's a big deal in Southern California. And going to school in fifth, fifth and sixth grade, kids just spent every day in the summer mm-hmm. at the beach. So if you want to be cool and hang out, you go to the beach. And you surf. Right, you surf or bodyboard. Yeah. And so I spent uh, a great deal of time on the beaches of Southern California, particularly San Clemente. Well, one of the things that I would absolutely thank my parents for that they did for me at a, at a young age, I think it was 12 or 13, is they enrolled me in a summer program called Junior Lifeguards in San Clemente. Mm-hmm. And I went through this program, and not only was it you had to be a strong swimmer, like they they tested you to find out if, if you could even enter the program based on how you could swim. Yeah. And then you got in the program and you spent, I don't remember how many weeks it was, it was a, a decently long program, training like lifeguards would train at a junior level. And what they did is they taught you about the ocean. Mm -hmm. They taught you how to handle it. How powerful it is. Yes. Why? Because it's big. Yeah. And it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And it can kill you. And it's wondrous. Yeah. And it could certainly kill you. Trust me. I've been, I've been, I've been tossed by some waves in my life that I'll never forget. Like one of the most treacherous examples going bodyboarding and being uh, sitting out in the lineup and in the fog 
and the sets are, you know, eight to 10 foot or whatever, and you can't see the sets coming in, mm. the waves you're trying to ride. You're just in this fog, and then all of a sudden these waves appear. Wow. 10, 12, 15 feet, 30 mm. feet ahead of you, mm-hmm. and you have to make snap decisions. Or you get, you know, after the fog lifts, you realize I've drifted 60 yards the north. The undertow. Is a big deal, right? There's all kinds of things. You can die. Undertow can pull you out to sea. What about sharks, Ben? <laughs> Wild, wildlife? Sharks. <laughs> Ocean wildlife? I mean, ever since Jaws, I have a lot of respect for yeah, the sharks underneath of course. me. And this is healthy. right? I want to, but here's what I learned in junior lifeguards. I learned how to swim in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I learned how to handle big waves, mm-hmm. undertow. Rip currents, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I still have a wondrous respect and awe for the ocean, but I don't fear it in an unhealthy way where I wouldn't right. step into it. You're not scared of it, but you have respect for it. Yeah. That's and the difference. The, the thing that created the, the greatest level of fear for the whole process when we were that age was there. everyone knew. The big thing was at some point in the program, you're going to have to jump off the pier. Mm. The pier is like, San Clemente Pier is like anywhere probably between 35 to 45 feet high. Oh, wow. So you're up on top of the railing. So is that intimidating well, to everybody? If you've never done that before, like yeah. it's pretty scary. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a significant drop and you have to, we had to toss our fins into the water mm-hmm. and then jump and then swim kicking out to this little island that wasn't too far away and people paddled alongside of us on longboards and then we switch. Hmm. But it was... It was crazy. That was the thing that everybody was antsy about and anxious, like worried. I got to jump off the pier. When's that going to happen? And they didn't tell you when it's going to happen. It's like one of those things. That you but know, I'll oh, bet we're going to go do this. <laughs> I'll bet you nobody belly flopped off that pier. Because there's a difference between having a healthy respect for the 40-foot drop. I'm going feet first, right? I'm not diving or belly flopping. Well, what they taught you was a technique for how to jump from that height. Ah, to do it right. Correct. Because you could really hurt yourself. Yes, like you could. You see people jumping off rocks and cliffs and flips and all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. You can really hurt yourself pretty no. bad. I mean, that's obvious. But there's a way of doing it that's safe. So here's the bottom line. Fear, healthy fear, prevents you from doing stupid things. <laughs> Potentially, you know, yes. Like, listen, I, I, there's like extreme athletes out there that jump off buildings and bridges and all. I get that stuff, but it's a bit of a death wish. I mean, the reality is like... There's a lot of risky things that you can do out there and you can make some foolish decisions and you can die prematurely. Mm-hmm. So fear actually is what keeps us in check from maybe not doing dumb things. Yeah. Like I have another healthy fear. <laughs> you'll, you'll laugh when I start talking about this. I have a healthy fear of electricity. And you should. And you know that and when I've done some you. of the work on my house and yeah. built an addition, I wired, I did the whole thing, wired it. And had an inspector and all these things. They came through and checked all my work. And But there was through the process, I started changing out breakers, but I didn't turn the main off. Uh-oh. And I had a situation where a wire hit the bus in the back of an electric panel and the thing just exploded. Oh. My wife was standing at the door with my daughter and my soul, my son's holding the wires and this whole thing happens, oh, right? Oh, no. That really like 220 electricity, like yeah. that'll send you across the room yeah. type thing. Did you get shocked? No, none of us. No. Cause I mean, one of us, if any of us would have been hit by that, it would have been really bad. Yeah. I mean, everyone's probably had a little jolt, like a little buzz. Oh, we've all stuck it. our finger in the outlet. Yeah. You know had the, or touched the, you know, the plug from yeah. the vacuum and, it, and yep. you're like, Oh, yep. Reminds you that you're alive kind mm-hmm. of thing. <laughs> 
we have a healthy respect for electricity. You should. It's powerful. Yeah. It's beneficial to us. Fire. I mean, like, yeah. you put out your campfire. Why? Because you can start up. I mean, the, the point is there's so many examples of things that we need to have respect for because those things can become dangerous. And if, so this is where I've been going as we've been talking. What are some of the things we have need to have the same kind of reverential awe for that we would right. never put on this list? Right. How about ideas? Hmm. Ideas have consequences. Right. I remember reading a book about this. Should we have reverential awe for ideas? Yeah. Yeah. Or how we use our words? Mm. Right. This just kind of came to mind as we were talking Mm. about this. These aren't things we wouldn't necessarily treat that way. True. True. How we speak to one another and the words that we say are really, really important. Like the Bible says. Yeah. Words can bring life Mm -hmm. or they can bring death. Yeah. If that's the case, they're really powerful. It says the tongue's like a fire. And fire, right. of course, can cook breakfast or burn down the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Depending on how you use it. So I mean, having a proper respect or fear for our mouth and the way that mm-hmm. we speak to others. How about even to ourselves, the things we tell ourselves? Have an appropriate respect for how we speak to ourselves because we can be really mean to ourselves as well. So words, having a healthy respect for words. Yeah. Having a healthy respect for, how about, we talk about wildlife. Yeah. Ben and I love fishing and playing in the mountains and the rivers. And there's a certain degree of respect for weather. (laughs) (laughs) You get in a blizzard, you're not going to win, in case you were wondering. Right. So there's the, the, the fact is fear plays a role in many things that we do in life. It applies to many situations and it serves a purpose. Fear is a motivator. Fear motivates us to act and change. It motivates us to take action and be heroes, to survive and make wise decisions. It motivates us to show respect for things that should have respect. This is a good thing. So hear us clearly when we say overcoming fear is not about overcoming the logical, normal, healthy fear that we should experience. Mm -hmm. We're talking about overcoming debilitating fear. The fear that paralyzes and imprisons us. So it's it's fear that that goes to the nth degree, to where it's out of control. And we'll get into this in the next episode. But there's a lot of fear when it's managed well and it's stewarded well. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good for us. And I want to make one last connection, and that would be healthy fear or reverential awe and its connection to happiness. Mm -hmm. Because I know that learning how to swim in the ocean properly was very enjoyable. It contributed to my ability to enjoy it Mm -hmm. in a healthy way. Learning how to be in the mountains and ski properly and be able to identify different types of terrain and where I should go and not go contributes to me being able to enjoy the mountains in that way Mm -hmm. or rivers, reading rivers. I remember one time fly fishing, I stepped in a hole and fell and my waters, my waders started to fill up with water, which is extremely dangerous. That's not what you want to happen. No, you have to learn. You learn these things by treating them with respect and having the healthy kind of fear. And it actually prepares you to be able to enjoy them at a higher level. Mm-hmm. It contributes to your happiness yeah. and your enjoyment of that. So fear is good in, in one sense that it helps us to enjoy things at a really high level uh, versus just jumping in a river and thinking, oh, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You got to learn some things, right? Fear is critical. In fact, dare we say it's essential to really living life to the fullest. Um, embracing the healthy fear that should be there. 
But at the same time, managing, controlling the unhealthy fear that it can quickly become, right? Yeah. And it provides us the confidence mm-hmm. to live life in a right way and right. in a healthy way. Right. So that's what we wanted to do today in this episode was to help you understand and make sure that you were able to see it, that fear is actually really good. Reverential awe and respect for things is appropriate and necessary and we practice it all the time. And so we wanted to make sure we went on record stating that. And so as Kent mentioned, we're going to get into in the next episode talking about uh, unhealthy fear or the kind of bad fear that we experience in life that can be crippling or crushing as preparation for us moving uh, day by day through the book Mega Life. And so we really appreciate you, our listeners. We hope this was helpful to you today, actually m- even insightful in some ways that you maybe wouldn't have thought of and that you are, uh, causes you to look forward to this next episode on unhealthy fear. And so we're going to keep going and we're going to do that. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening and we look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. We also have a new book coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, continue growing.